CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Drosky Show. As I speak, it is Saturday, March 19th. One of the first, if not the first show. Uh, DJ Nace says we've done another Saturday show. Okay, I'll bow to his wisdom. One of our first then uh, Saturday recordings. Looking really looking forward to this one. Been thinking about this one for a while. My guest is smiling. I've <laughs> been talking about this one for a while on the show, uh, all week pretty much. So I'm going to read a headline <clears throat> to tell you what's in the news, but this particular headline is not from today. It's from a couple of days ago in the Chicago Sun-Times, my beloved bright one, home delivered as it is every day, uh, from Thursday, March 17th. Uh, and from the moment I saw this headline, I said I knew I got to bring this guest back on. Uh, so here's the headline. Drawing a thin blue line in the sand. And there's a photo of Big Johnny, Johnny Catanzara, uh, the president of the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police. Uh, arguably, I would say uh, Johnny is the number one MAGA man in the city of Chicago. In this picture, he's wearing a T-shirt that says police for Trump. So there's no doubt in my mind, John Catanzara, you have earned this title. And I, I hope you appreciate it. You are the number one MAGA man in the, the uh, city of Chicago. Uh, Dennis, our producer on the regular show, has been predicting for over a year that you will eventually move to Florida, where you will be huge in Florida. Undoubtedly, you will be the biggest thing to happen in Florida since alligators. Uh, anyway, but you're still in Chicago. You're still the head of the Fraternal Order Police. And as such, you're a pugnacious fellow. You love to get in fights. Uh, so you fit in really well with the political culture in Chicago, that's for sure. We got a mayor who loves to get into fights, too. Uh, and my distinguished guest, who I will now uh, allow to introduce himself, is one of the few people in the city of Chicago who can claim that he's united John Catanzara and Mayor Lori Lightfoot into a private club of hate toward my distinguished guest, who's one of the nicest, sweetest guys. I've been dealing with this man for 10 years at least. I don't know how you can hate the man. Uh, so without any further ado, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Thanks, Ben. It's uh, great to be here with you, as always. Uh, I am Rob Martwick. I am the state senator of the 10th district on the northwest side of the city of Chicago, Jefferson Park, Portage Park, Edison Park, Norwood Park, Gladstone Park, a lot of parks, a lot of parks. 
uh, and uh, Norwich, Harwood Heights, Rosemont. So the northwest side of the city and in some of the near suburbs. And uh, I've been in the General Assembly for I'm finishing my 10th year. Um, and uh, uh, I've done, you know, a handful of things over those years. We've talked about a lot of them on the show, uh, including passing an elected school board for the Chicago Public Schools. Um, I've been a strong supporter of organized labor um, and certainly, you know, living up on the Northwest side, I represent a lot of uh, firefighters, a lot of teachers and a lot of police officers. And, uh, um, you know, that's my district. All right. Uh, Yes. uh, Mr. Elected School Board himself. uh, That was a long fight. Yeah, it sure was. Before we got it. And it's still not here yet, but it's just the law has been passed creating it. And so it's just a matter of time. We're not going to talk school board, elected school board today. We're going to talk instead uh, about the fallout uh, from John Catanzaro's attack on uh, Rob Martwick and his attempt to muscle uh, three Northwest Side aldermen. Uh, Anthony Napolitano, Jim Gardner, an old friend of mine, uh, Nick Spazzato. Uh Nick, how you doing? Uh, Nick and I see absolutely, probably you don't see eye to eye on anything except quit. We both believe that Johnny Catanzaro should stop trying to strong arm people uh, into going against Rob Martwick. So I'm going to, I could set the table or I could, I'll have Rob set the table. There's two issues here. There's a bill that, uh, Rob supported last year about criminal justice reform that John Catanzaro just cannot abide by. There's a second bill uh, that has pretty much blown Lori Lightfoot's mind that Rob Martwick uh, has supported, which is uh, helping firefighters with their pension, extending pension rights to firefighters. Uh, and uh, apparently the city of Chicago has money for upscale uh, developments uh, in uh, gentrifying areas like Lincoln Yards, but they do not have money to pay uh, fire retirees, guys who put their lives on the line for to protect the public when they're old and can't work anymore and they look for their pensions. Oh, city doesn't have money for them. We got to spend the money on the upscale uh, apartment buildings, et cetera, and so forth. Those are my opinions, not Rob's. Uh, so anyway, uh, Rob, why don't it's... Uh, the two bills are kind of joined. Uh, it, one bill explains why uh, Nick uh, Napolitano and uh, Gardner have supported you against the candidate put up by the Fraternal Order of Police. And uh, the other bill uh, explains why Ken Zera, is, uh, his mind has exploded. So why don't we start with the re- Firefighters Retiree Pension Bill. Just, folks, to give... You an understanding of why Nick Spazzato, Alderman of the 38th Ward, former firefighter himself, uh, is supporting uh, Rob Markwick. Uh, Rob, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Ben. So there's actually two bills, right? So, uh, and what they both do the same thing. So, a, a very obscure uh, part of Illinois pension law um, that only applies to Chicago police and Chicago fire created uh, two different benefit levels not based on when you were hired or how long you worked or when you retired, but based on this. And it's, it's so random. It makes no sense whatsoever based on when you were born. So one person could be hired two peaked firefighters or police officers could be hired on the same day. Both work the same amount of time and retire on the same day. But because one officer was born before this date that set in law and one was set after it, they have dramatically different pension benefits. And it makes no sense whatsoever. In fact, it's so crazy that no one has ever gotten the lower benefit level. And so when I found out about this when I came into the General Assembly and I started getting involved in pensions, and I said, so what the, the city and the unions did 
for 50 years is they would come and they would move this date forward as people would retire. Now, I know this sounds really arcane, but the end result is this. Every firefighter and police officer ultimately gets the better benefit, but because the law says they're going to get a lower benefit, it allows the city to pay less into the pension fund. Well, our funds are almost bankrupt. And I said, this is ridiculous. We've got to stop moving the date up every five years. Just get rid of it entirely. If you're going to give them the benefit, pay for it as you should. That protects not only the pensioners, and it not only solidifies the fund, but it protects us taxpayers. If you put money in up front, it's a lot cheaper than paying for it later. And so it was a good thing to do. But as you can imagine, the city of Chicago doesn't have a whole lot of money. So when we passed the provision for the firefighters, the mayor didn't want it. She preferred that kicking the can down, pay for it later, because I won't have to worry about it then. I'm worried about the budget today. Um, and of course, it's not responsible. And so I fought for it. We passed it. We got the right thing done. She lost her mind over it. Um, she uh, uh, lobbied the gover- per- governor personally to veto the bill. Uh, thankfully, the governor saw that this was, you know, if you're trying to be responsible, it's the right thing to do. I have a companion bill for the police officers that I'm trying to pass. Again, these are bills that I've been working on just about as long as the elected school board. I got the provision removed for the firefighters, and I'm trying to get it done for the police officers, again, to secure their funds, to protect taxpayers, to make the city do the right thing. Um, And so those are the bills. As it was done for the firefighters, the firefighters are you know, public sector employees are used to politicians trying to find ways to get out of paying their pensions. Um, I think they appreciate a politician who is trying to ensure that we do the right thing to make sure that those pensions are there for them when they retire. And so that's one of the reasons why they are a big fan of mine. And do you uh, remember the bill number? Some of our key listeners love to look up. I can can look it up. I can look it up. Now, the bill that passed... Um, for the uh, for the firefighters was done at the end of last year, so I'd, I'd have to I'd really have to look up the bill number. Don't worry but, about it. Uh, okay, I just I, I I get emails from time to time. Ben, make sure you get the bill numbers when you interview your legislative guests. I have a lot of legislative guests talk about their bills. Don't, don't worry about it, folks. Uh, I'll 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 try to get it from uh, Rob when we're done with the interview. All right. Um, so now, when you face resistance from the mayor. Uh, on a measure like this, uh, and this is, not, I just want to point out, in all fairness to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, this is not completely, at, by any means, unique to Mayor Lori Lightfoot. There's been many times, particularly on elected school board, where Rob Martwick was facing resistance from other mayors, particularly one Rahm Emanuel. Uh, and uh, in those days, his ally, Rahm's, was Johnny Cullerton. So how does a mayor um, employ, in this case, her uh, influence and prestige to block someone like uh, you from passing your measure? Does she go to Chicago legislators or does she try to find allies outside of the city of Chicago who just might be against anything that would help a union? How does she uh, do an offense against you? Well, um, yeah, I mean, to, to, to be fair, um, her, her strategy has been to get anyone who will vote know that she can. And so that has included, um, you know, working with, uh, Leader Durkin and Leader McConkie of the Republican Party uh, to try and secure their no votes and uh, certainly working on 
city of Chicago allies. Um, as I said, with the firefighter bill, it was unsuccessful. Um, and again, remember, and, and I don't look, let, let me say this. I, of course, I've had my differences with the mayor. Um, but what I would say is this, she didn't create this problem. She has to deal with it. And if you were dealing with the, the problems that she was dealing with, Ben, I, and I mean this, I have sympathy for her. I'm sorry. But again, I would say, no one said you had to run for office. You said you wanted this job. And this is what goes with it, right? Solving these problems. What I won't stand for is, can, right, the problem, the, what, what the, the, the actions that got us in this problem in the first place was that can, kicking the can, pay for it later, don't pay for it now. This is a reform measure because it says, no, you have to pay for it now. If you don't have money, well, that's going to require some tough decisions. And again, I have sympathy for her. I'm sorry that she has to make those tough decisions. But she lobbied against it because she didn't want to spend the money, right? And so um, she, uh, but she was unsuccessful with the firefighters bill. So far, the police officer bill, we haven't been able to get that assigned to committee, but that brings up the stark contrast between police officers and firefighters, right? Um, the process of legislating is a human process. It's relationships, it's trust, it's goodwill. And the firefighters have that plenty. The firefighters union and their leadership Jim Tracy, Joe Sinorski, they come down and they engage in good faith. And it's it's easy to take a tough vote for them if you know what you're doing is right. Even if it's going to be tough consequences, if you know what you're doing is right, you know that they deal in good faith. I'm here as a legislator trying to get that same provision passed for my police officers but the problem is, is the head of their police union does not have that goodwill, does not have that sense of trust amongst the leadership and amongst the members. And so he's the one, John Catanzara, that is preventing that bill from getting passed for the police officers. Even though it's a good bill and it's the right thing to do, it's hard to get politicians to take a tough vote for someone who doesn't participate in good faith. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Fraternal Order Police uh, in your neck of the woods and in your district. And uh, it just seems to me, and I know you will have the precise number, uh, and I don't, but the precise number of candidates that they've run against you, it seems to me that there's just like this stock candidate they find. They drag them out of, I don't know where they, they find these, like, these are people who've pretty much voted Republican their whole life, and all of a sudden they're Democrats overnight. And I know the Democratic Party in the Northwest Side is not as lefty as me. I recognize that, Northwest Siders. I understand that. Okay, but I hope to have a big tent. You know, like, I always thought like, there was a guy like a place for a Nick Spazzato in it. Maybe not anymore. Nick voted for uh, Trump. But, you know, it's on labor issues. On labor issues, we see eye to eye. You're as lefty as I am, Northwest Siders. And don't act like you aren't. Because most of you are in unions. All right. So, but they always find this, I don't know, could you just, Fraternal Order Police, could you just find like a legitimate Democrat who actually took a ballot in a Democratic primary? No, they always like, they get these candidates who've taken Republican ballots, they, they swear up and down they're Democrats, they run them against Martwick, and they hit you hard on law and order, and they make you like the second coming of, I don't know, uh, Fred Hampton or something. And it, when it's all said and done, you usually get like, 56, 60, I forget. You're gonna, I know you're going to come in with the numbers uh, in the primary and you win. Now they're doing it again. They got another candidate. 
a, a cop who took the Republican ballot. Am I correct on that? She took the Republican ballot. Actually, let me, let me clarify that, but, but Go ahead. to give you uh, what you said, you said precisely how many um, yes. I, I could better than giving you a number. I can give you a word. All okay. of them, all of them, <laughs> every single oh, opponent I have faced wow. in the general election and in the primary has been an openly Republican police officer, every single candidate. I have never run against anyone but a police officer, and they've all been Republicans. Half of them have run in the Democratic primary. Now, my current opponent, Aaron Jones, you said this. No, some of my prior opponents, just straight Republican voting records. Um, To be fair, Aaron Jones doesn't have much of a voting record. She has voted in Democratic primaries. I will admit that. Um, But up here on the Northwest side, in the city of Chicago, a lot of times we get people who are very outwardly Republican in their views, in their posts, in their social media, but they will vote in Democratic primaries because there's not a lot of opportunity to affect change by voting in a Republican primary. And so they will cross over and vote in Democratic primaries. Remember, every police, every opponent I've had has been a Republican police officer running in a Democratic primary. So you encourage your members to cross, even if they don't believe in that crossover and vote for them. That would explain her Democratic primary votes. And you might say, well, how do you know then that she's a Republican? Well, there is a very famous Dan Proft article in one of his fake, you know, Dan Proft newspapers, the Chicago City Wire, that is all about my opponent being a leader in the Northwest Side GOP club and a precinct committeeman for the Northwest Side GOP club. And I believe they called her a rock star and loyal member and leader of the Northwest Side GOP Club. Now, in case some of your readers aren't aware, the Northwest Side GOP Club, the only thing that they have in common with the Republican Party is GOP. These are not your run-of-the-mill, moderate, you know, center-right Republicans. These are not establishment Republicans. These are tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists that literally tout QAnon conspiracy theories. They're Trump all the way. Um, My last opponent from the Northwest Side GOP club was a guy by the name of Anthony Beckman. He very famously said that that uh, the protesters on uh, the rioters on January 6th were patriots and, uh, you know, just trying to preserve the election that was stolen from Donald Trump. These are the crazy right. And she has been a member of their organization. Now, moderate people might flip from side to side, but no, no self-respecting Democrat would ever associate themselves with that group. So she's not just a Republican. She's right wing crazy. So uh, the Dan Proft uh, that uh, Rob Markwick alluded to is uh, a former journalist, the brains pretty much behind uh, the Republicans in the state of Illinois. If I mean, somebody has to have the brain, and I think Proft is probably the smartest guy in terms of writing stuff up. Uh, the good looks is John Kenton's era, and the char- charisma is Johnny C. All right, so um, so they always – they go to this – they get a Republican uh, leaning – how about that, all right? A police officer to run against you. They're not successful. Uh, and uh, so – this gets this sets up the situation for Alderman Anthony Napolitano, Alderman Nick Sposato, and Alderman Jim Gardner. And I have to do this preface. These are not, by any stretch of the imagination, Ben Jarofsky liberals. Okay, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> These guys are in the, on the opposite side of pretty much everything, as I already said, from me, except 
we're all union supporters. I believe in collective bargaining rights for our, our society. And uh, I stand opposed to Bruce Rauner and Kenny G and all the other Republicans who want to destroy collective bargaining rights. Uh, and Rob Markwick is pretty much very pro-union as well. Uh, so that's kind of what unites us, if anything. And uh, Spazzato, Napolitano, and Gardner. Uh, and they were following, they're also f- uh, former firefighters. They were following their union's lead in endorsing you. And that drew the wrath of John Catanzara, uh, the, um, the head of the Fraternal Order Police, which, as you just pointed out, they, that uh, organization has been putting up candidates to run against you for the several, last several elections. What particular bill got Kent Zara so upset, uh, Rob Martwick, and what role did you have with that bill? Go ahead. Um, so in January of 2021, um, in response to uh, the very public incidents of police brutality, George Floyd, uh, is the most common one that you think of. Um, we uh, convened in Springfield to address uh, systemic racism, um, police reform, uh, how, uh, healthcare reform. To, it was what was called the four pillars. Um, it was uh, an initiative by the Black Caucus to try and balance the scales uh, in society where they perceived that there was some wrong. And so the, the bill that we're talking about was part of that. It's been named... The Safety Act, and um, hold on one second, Ben. Um, uh, the uh, so it was uh, the Criminal Justice Reform Bill. Now, on the way down to Springfield, as we were about to do this, is a very big, very uh, big bill that addressed uh, criminal justice reform and policing reform, and it um, on the way down to Springfield. I made three calls. I called um, Dave Sullivan, former state senator who was a lobbyist for uh, FOP Lodge 7 Chicago. I called the state FOP lobbyist, um, and I called John Catanzara. And I asked them all in conversations on the way down to Springfield. um, As I'm headed down, I said, look, it's a big bill. No one knows quite what's in it just yet. But I need to know from you. I said, I'm not, I do not intend to sit on my hands. I intend to engage in this process and I tend to, I want, I intend to advocate for things that are important to your members. So I need to know what are your five biggest concerns in three separate conversations. They all answered the exact same way. They said collective bargaining rights and qualified immunity from lawsuits. And so I got down to Springfield and I pretty much felt like I knew what was most important to them. They had told me these two things. And so Of course, there was a big push to round up the votes to pass this legislation. And I was approached and I said, look, uh, you have to. So the the original bill would have eliminated collective bargaining for police officers and it would have eliminated qualified immunity from lawsuits. And so when they approached me, I said, under no circumstances, will I vote for the bill with those two provisions. Those have to be removed. And it, it was not an easy conversation. It was a very, very difficult conversation. Um, the members of some members of the black caucus really believed that this was the only way that we would bring up police reform. And I said, look, I'm a hundred percent pro labor Democrat. I said, I spent four years fighting Bruce Rauner, who was trying to take away collective bargaining rights from police officers. I'm certainly not going to give into it now that a Democrat proposes it. 
right? This is core to what I believe in. Absolutely not. What about qualified immunity? I said, we as elected legislators enjoy unqualified immunity, full immunity, as long as we are working within the four corners of our elected responsibilities, you can't sue us. You can sue a police officer. Now, maybe it's broken. Maybe it needs reform. I don't know. But what I wasn't ready to do was in that moment, throw it out. I said, no, we need to protect police officers. They should not be. You can sue the city, but you shouldn't be able to to personally wipe out a police officer. Again, maybe people could disagree, but I do believe in that. And so I engaged. I fought very hard. And in the end, those two provisions were removed from the bill. Now, Ben, I got to tell you something. And it's probably not going to come as a surprise to you. But in Springfield, you can do two things. One is you can sit on your hands and say, just let me know when the vote is and I'm going to vote no. The other is you can go to work and you can try and improve legislation. But if you do that, if you engage in the process and you make demands and your demands are met, then you are obliged to vote. And listen, I will tell you, I believe in reform. I believe in criminal justice reform. And I certainly believe that every government employee or agency or entity should seek to make itself operate better. That's reform, right? But I fought for the two most important protections for police officers, and I got them. And there was no question in my mind when that bill came up what I was going to do. That's how you do it in Springfield. And so I voted yes, and he lost his mind. And I was like, do you not understand this? I got you what you told me you needed. And he said, well, it was a bad bill. You should have voted no anyway. And I said, that's not how it works. And about, this was a, a conversation had with the he in that sentence is John Catanzaro. John Catanzaro. Got it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, he, uh, he was very upset about the passage of the bill. Um, and, and so he's made this sort of his rallying cry is that anyone who voted for that bill. And again, they, they didn't, and this shows you, um, a lack of understanding how Springfield works, right? The wheels of progress are always turning, right? The question is, is do you try and stand in front of the bus or you try to get on it and make, make changes work, make sure that that bus is headed in a way that in a direction that is helpful to you and not hurtful to you, right? Change is going to come. He came in and it's just like, no, no change whatsoever. Um, policing is great. And, and if you vote for this bill, you're telling police officers that you hate them and you love criminals, which is so ridiculous and so stupid that it doesn't even really bear responding to. But it's like, look, engage in the process in good faith and things will work out. And, and like I said, we, that's what I did. I engaged in good faith. I stood up for those police officers for their important workplace and labor protections. And when I got them, I was obliged to vote yes. And so, so that's what he's lost his mind on. And that's why he's running somebody against me. All right. Well, uh, they probably would be running someone against you, even if you had voted no. Uh, that's but true. that's a whole other story. <laughs> or you wouldn't have voted no. To the, just so people know, what what uh, legislators tend to do in tough situations like that is uh, find a, find a convenient way to uh, not be on the floor when the vote goes down. Uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> and Ben for ten yeah. years I've said this. I've said, look, I'd rather lose my job doing something and keep my job doing nothing. Um, and listen, it, it, I there. look, I'm not going to name any names, but if, if anybody knows anything about elected politics in Illinois or Chicago, there are lots of people who are happy to be very quiet, do nothing, draw no attention to themselves, and protect a seat, right? How can you be mad at someone who does nothing? 
I, I've always engaged, taken on the fights, and you make enemies. And, and again, judge me by the company I keep and the enemies I make. If I were to lose my seat because John Kent and Zara got together with Ken Griffin in the Illinois Network of Charter Schools and spent a million dollars to get rid of me, Ben, I couldn't write a better epitaph for my political career than that. All right. Uh, so you mentioned it. You asked the these uh, police uh, leaders uh, or lobbyists in one case, uh, what five provisions in the bill most upset them? And the two ones that are at the top of the list, uh, qualified immunity uh, and destroying collective bargaining rights for police officers you stood up for. What were the other three? Or just give me an example of what are the other provisions uh, that you did not address uh, with uh, or you did not force uh, get a change uh, with the bill? Well, I would tell you but I can't because remember three separate conversations, they all replied the same way, collective bargaining and qualified immunity. My response to all of them, three separate conversations was, okay, what about three, four, and five? They all responded exactly the same way. Let me get back to you on that. No Uh one ever did. (laughs) No one ever did, Ben. It was two things. It was collective bargaining, qualified immunity. And that's one I, I knew, right? These are the things I need to hone in and focus on in order to advocate for. And, and, and let me just say this, right? There is, without a doubt, a bit of a culture war going on, right? Especially around policing, right? We know police officers, not all of them, certainly not all of them. I've met lots of them. But they tend to be a more conservative bunch. They certainly feel like they are under attack. They feel like that they're bearing the brunt for everything that's going wrong in society. They feel attacked. I understand that. Not too long ago, teachers felt like they were being attacked and blamed for everything that was wrong with society. Here's the thing. I don't believe in that. I represent thousands of police officers. And just like the teachers and the firefighters that I represent, these are hardworking, middle-class people that want to go to work. They want to come home. They want to eat dinner with their family. They want to, and, and, and there are so many problems around policing, especially in the city of Chicago. I am not opposed to police officers. I believe in making sure that they have those economic uh, benefits that they deserve, uh, safe retirement, and good workplace safety protections. And so I'm always going to advocate that. I don't care if John Catanzara hates me. I don't care if he's a Trumper. It, I don't represent John Catanzara. I represent police officers. And so I'm always going to fight for the things that I think are important to them, that they tell me that are important to them. And I will tell you, I have spoken to a lot of police officers in my district, and they tell me, that guy doesn't speak for us. We're grateful that you protect it. They all know what qualified immunity means. They all know that they could lose their retirement, lose their home, right? And they're grateful that I played an important role in getting that removed from the, the bill. Well, here's the quote that uh, Kat Zara gave uh, the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, no, this is he didn't give this to the Sun-Times. It's quoted in the Sun-Times. Uh, you either back the police or you don't. And when it's hard, we expect you to do it. You don't get to do it and say, uh, say it only when it's easy. You have to do it when it's hard. This is the opportunity to, opportunity to do it when it's hard, Catanzaro said. Uh, so then he put that logic on uh, Spazzato, uh, Napolitano, and Gardner to get them uh, to follow his lead and endorse his candidate against you, and they wouldn't do it. And, uh, they, man, you talk about – so it's one thing for him to get on the phone and yell at you. You know, you're, you're not his ally. You follow what I'm saying? But Nick Spazzato – I mean, Nick Pizzotto has been the most pro-police alderman in the Chicago City Council for the last four years that I can recall. Oh, yeah. He's done absolutely everything that the Fraternal Order of Police has wanted him to. Speaking up, I'm against him in like half of the things he says, you know, but 
you know, to put that kind of pressure on Spazzato and like he's not Nick. This is me speaking, not Rob Martin. Nick Spazzato is not a puppet of John Cantanzara. Nick Pizzato has rights in America. You know, he's got liberties, right? Isn't that what it's all about? Liberty and rights? I mean, Nick, if Nick Spazzato wants to endorse Rob Martwick be, for whatever reason, maybe because Rob Martwick stuck, stuck his neck out for fire retired firefighters, did you ever think of that, Kat and Zara? If Nick Spazzato wants to do that, that's his right. I, I got to give Nick Spazzato a lot of credit. Nick, you know, you don't agree on a lot, but we, I am with you on this one 100%. Standing up to that kind of pressure... Uh, so, Rob, talk about that a little bit. Did these gentlemen call you up to say they're under this pressure? Did you know that they were uh, facing this uh, kind of uh, bullying? I, I did not, and I did not know that the meeting was happening until after it happened. Um, I spoke to Nick, and um, I, I heard about the meeting, and I, and I heard what was said and what was, you know, how, what the tenor of the meeting was like. And, um, you know, I, I can say two things. First and foremost, um, like you, Nick and I admittedly agree that we don't agree on a whole lot. Um, but Nick is a um, stand-up individual, right? He 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 will always. You always know where you stand with him. He's always honest with you. He's straightforward. You might not agree with him, but so what? You know, he's a quality human being, right? And um, Nick just basically told Kat and Zara, "It's it's not as as simple as you'd like it to be." Um, and, and the reason is, is that despite Catanzaro's personal dislike of me, the truth of the matter is, and I, Nick told him this, was he's done good things for people, middle-class working people who are members of unions. He's always stood up for our benefits. And uh, that's why every single union supports him, except for the FOP. Um, and so... You know, he he made it very clear to him um, that he was, you know, that that wasn't going to happen, and so so true to form, right? Like, if if Catanzara knew what he was doing as a leader uh, of a union um, who wanted to engage in politics, you might read the tea leaves, and instead of reading the tea leaves and understanding the complexities of this, maybe I don't like them, but everybody else does. It's going to be my war alone. He tries to blackmail them into it. He tries to extort them like, well, you either do what I say, or I'm going to run somebody against you. That's not a wise move. And anybody who knows those three aldermen, that's the wrong tactic to take with them. Those are not three people that I would call shrinking violets. And and so, you know, I think that was I think he was a little too full of himself in that moment to think that he could intimidate those three aldermen. And uh, I don't know that, uh, you know, that it, it's again, I, I think maybe with some of them, there are, are lots that we don't agree on. But I think that they appreciate the fact that I've dealt with them straight and they know what my record is on labor issues and they're they're supportive of that. Well, here's the exact quote from Spazzato. I don't believe I would have been an alderman. I don't believe Anthony Napolitano would have been an alderman, and I don't believe Jim Gardner would have been an alderman without the support of Local 2. Local 2 is the Fighter Fighters Union. Therefore, that's the union we're most loyal to. Not only is local, not only is it Local 2, every union around supports Martwick. The only union that doesn't support him is FOP. He has a 100% labor record. And this is what I'm just saying uh, to police officers, none of whom would probably ever listen to a word I say. I'm like, you don't live in isolation. You live in the city of Chicago, and you have to reach out beyond your constituencies, behind the people that f support you the most, 
to build alliances. Otherwise, you'll be isolated. And I say this to my beloved Chicago Teachers Union all the time. you got to reach out. And that was one of the great strengths of Karen Jennings Lewis. She had the ability to reach out to a lot of people. And I do believe Stacey Davis Gates does as well. And you just can't appeal to the people who are cheering you the loudest. Rob, that's my personal opinion. I say this as a guy talking into a microphone in his attic, and I don't have to run a police union. I get you, uh, Cat and Zare. I understand. I don't have to run a union. But it just seems to me logical. If, you're, if your leader is for Donald Trump, who got, what did he get? Did he get 15% of the vote in Chicago in the last election? Rob, he, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he got 15. 15%. That means 85% of the city voted for the guy whose name is on the T-shirt of your leaders. Just think about that, police officers. You've, in isolation. So you got this guy, Martwick, sticking his neck out for you, you know, leading the charge on a bill, a criminal justice bill, that is uniting two strands of the Democratic Party. And what? You're going to try to eradicate him from political existence because he dared to vote yes? I don't, I, Rob, to me, it just sounds like political suicide. Do you follow what I'm saying? Just That's to me what it sounds like. Go ahead. Well, it is. And, and, and like I said, the actions of, of him are the actions of, the, some, of someone who is, you know, when you're the leader of the FOP, your job is to put aside your own any union, your job is to put aside your own uh, personal desires and to advocate. I mean, you, you've asked, let me lead this group of people and, and do good things for the group, right? The group comes first, not you. Um, when you've got three aldermen who have been as strong as supporters of police officers as those three, without a doubt, I, I mean, you, you, could, you could add a couple more into the group, but there's no one who is a stronger supporter of police than those three. Right. There are people who are as strong and maybe they're louder, but those three are without a doubt the most loyal police supporters. And you personally go pick a fight with them, threaten them and to make enemies of them for your own personal benefit. That that's not leadership. And if I was a police officer, I would be fuming at him because you need votes in city council. You need votes in the General Assembly. You make friends, not enemies. That's how this game is supposed to work. Well put, Rob Markwick. Well put. All right, we've run pretty much out of time here, and uh, I just have to say, uh, I'll, I'll end where I began. I sort of smile at the irony of this, Rob. Uh, as I said, you're one of the most even keel guys I know in politics, uh, and uh, I know a lot of politicians, okay? I've interviewed a lot of politicians in my life, including Nick Spazzato and, uh, and Napolitano. I have never met Gardner, but I... Uh, but uh, it's just so strange to me that two people on the opposite sides, uh, Lori Lightfoot and John Catanzara, would just have this personal animus toward you, which is really bizarre and twisted. And um, I just feel unwarranted. It's kind of a sign of times in Chicago. Uh, so do you, we'll close with this. Uh, do you have a sense of irony uh, over the fact that uh, these two folks dislike you so much? Uh, Go ahead. Well, you know, listen, personality-wise, they are very similar people, right? And, and I don't mean that to, to compare them. I don't want to get hate mail. I'm, I, I don't – everyone can believe what they want to believe, and I'm sure that their ideology is very distinctly different between the two of them. But their approach to 
to to people and this is still a people business it's it's human beings it's it's relationships it's trust um it's respect i've always said this ben that the art of politics is not the art of agreeing agreeing is easy what's your idea ben that's a great idea i agree with you see easy the art of politics is the art of disagreeing um you've got a lot of very uh, uh strong personalities in the business of politics people get elected and they think the world of themselves. And so when you have to tell someone that you disagree with them, that maybe you don't think that their idea is the best idea, like I did with, uh, with Mayor Lightfoot on her ideas on what uh, a hybrid school board would look like. Well, it, it's not easy to do that without, you know, feeling like that you're condescending to them or demeaning. That's the art of politics, the art of agreeing. What I would say about Mayor Lightfoot and, and John Catanzara is neither of them are very good at disagreeing. And so uh, I suppose perhaps that's why, uh, um, you know, they, they both find themselves on a very, very, very strange uh, uh, page uh, uh, in these sorts of things. But, uh, you know, I don't take it personally. Um, like I said, the, the fights that I've taken in both of these, um, whether it was pushing for a truly elected school board because I felt that that was the right thing to do or standing up for protections for police officers because I thought it was the right thing to do. It would have been so easy for me, Ben, to just disengage and vote no, but that wasn't the right thing to do. The right thing to do was fight for them and 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 fight for good reforms, and I'm happy to be a part of it. So I'll take that ire anytime. All right, very good. Uh uh, Rob, I want to thank you for taking time to talk to me on this Saturday. Uh, it's a Saturday afternoon already, and so I'm now going to let you go back to your regular Saturday. So appreciate it very much for taking the time. Thanks, Ben. Take care. All right, that's great, Rob Markwick. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. 